Welcome to this week's message from Reality Church. We pray this message will equip and inspire you to love God, love one another, and love our community. For more information or to find out what is happening at Reality, head to our website at realitychurch.com.au or find us on Facebook. We hope you enjoy this message. Well, it's Mother's Day, isn't it? So happy Mother's Day, but also I like uh, happy Ladies' Day. I think all ladies should be included. I was uh, Some years ago, I got to speak at a Father's Day um, uh, celebration, whatever you call it. Anyway, so I got on the internet and looked up 10 ideas for Father's Day. So I kind of read them all down, went down, I got number nine. No, number 10 said, if you can't think of anything else, invite a guest speaker. And I think that's what Pastor Rob's done. <laughs> So uh, it's kind of, uh, I know pastors' wives don't actually like Mother's Day too much, so they always get to speak, and it's kind of a contradiction. They're supposed to have a rest, but they have to be a sermon. So I'm going to speak this morning, and I want to speak on the topic of Phoebe, a radiant and bright Christian woman. And if you can open your Bibles to Romans chapter 16, verses 1 to 6. And uh, I'll just look at this passage here and I'll just pray that God just opens it for us. Verse 1, it says, I commend to you Phoebe, our sister, who is a servant of the church at Centura, that you may receive her in the Lord in a manner worthy of the saints, assist her in whatever business she has need of. For indeed, she has been a helper of many and of myself also. Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my fellow workers in Jesus Christ, who risked their own necks for my life, to whom not only I give thanks, but also all the churches of the Gentiles. Likewise, greet the, greet the church in, the house of, um, in, in their house, and greet beloved Epinetus, uh, who was the first fruits of Acacia to Christ. Greet Mary, who labored much amongst us. Let's just pray and ask God to open this passage before us. Father, we just come in the precious and wonderful name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for your presence in this place. And Father, we thank you for this special day. We pray, Lord, just speak through your servant, hide your servant, the things that you've placed upon my heart. Lord, we come across clearly in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, today is Mother's Day, as you well know. And the title of my message today is Phoebe, a Radiant and Bright Christian Woman. You know, it's very interesting how different countries celebrate and recognize the importance of Mother's Day and the contribution that women make to society. Some countries, such as Sweden, don't have Mother's Day. They celebrate International Women's Day, and it's on the 8th of March. Men and women celebrate the importance of women in their lives by giving flowers, uh, such as tulips and daffodils, and chocolates are evidently on the high list, and they give it to their mothers, to their wives, to their sisters, to their grandmothers, to their school teachers, and even their mother-in-laws. Right? In Japan, a popular Mother's Day gift is green tea because it symbolizes a wish of health and longevity. Giving gifts on Mother's Day in China demonstrates a commitment and enthusiasm to maintain a close relationship with your mother. In Finland, mothers receive coffee, tea and buns. You know, Mother's Day is a very important event in the life of the church. 
as a day when we honour and recognise not only mothers but all women for their outstanding contribution to the church. In Romans chapter 16, we have an example of the importance of honouring women who have faithfully served in the church and in society. You know, Paul, he begins this chapter by praising a woman by the name of Phoebe. He calls her a servant and a helper of many, including himself. He then goes on and commends Priscilla and Aquila, who risked their lives for Paul's sake. And in verse 6, he mentions Mary. And in verse 12, he mentions Tryphenas and Tryphoa. Evidently, they are twins and Persisters who labored in the Lord. In the list of some 28 people mentioned in the last chapter of Romans, Paul mentions at least eight women of faith who deserve honor for their service to God and others. Yet the one that stood out to me most was Phoebe. Paul introduces her as the very special lady who has been and will continue to be a blessing to the church. Her name, Phoebe, means radiant and bright. It's actually another name of the goddess of Diana or a worshipper of the goddess of Diana. You see, her life story is a story of a marvelous transformation. I mean, once she was a radiant and bright worshipper of the goddess of Diana and other Greek gods, but she's been brought out of darkness. And now she's a worshipper of our Jesus Christ. You know, Paul continues in the opening verse, of Romans chapter 16 and he sketches before us a beautiful godly Christian woman which I believe captures the true and original meaning why we celebrate Mother's Day or International Women's Day. Can I have the next PowerPoint please? Thank you. Paul says in verse 1, I commend to you Phoebe our sister who was a servant of the church. In the Greek, it literally means, I stand with, I vouch for, I recommend. You know, the best introduction takes place when someone stands by your side and introduces you to others with a favorable commendation. I notice that Paul calls her our sister. And the words clearly denote a spiritual kinship as a sister in the Lord. You know, Paul's commendation of Phoebe is similar to his commendation of Timothy in 1 Timothy. He speaks of Timothy as a true son and of his commendation to Mark at the end of 2 Timothy when he says that Mark is useful to him in the ministry. We see from Romans that Phoebe and other women mentioned in this passage hold an important place of leadership in the early church. You know, Paul goes on and he describes Phoebe as a servant of the church. And if you read about this, you'll find there's a great debate in the church over what the word servant means. Uh, some interpret it as a leader, as the word can be better translated as minister or leader in the church. And others feel that it speaks of a deaconess, as the word can be translated as deacon. But in our society today, this word servant is probably better translated as the term servant leadership. You know, the concept of servant leadership, as you know, is clearly demonstrated in the life of Christ. Actually, the term servant leadership did not become popular in the church or even in the secular world until 1970 when a gentleman called Robert Greenleaf published a book called Servant Leadership. And this book was a watershed area in leadership. It transformed and revolutionized how we thought about leadership. 
In fact, you know, the celebration of Mother's Day grew out of servant leadership of two women, Anna Jarvis and Julia Howe. Anna Jarvis had 11 children, of which only four survived to adulthood. In the late 1850s, seeing the moral cost of disease and bad sanitation upon the lives of infants, Anna began what was called Mother's Day Working Clubs. She brought together mothers and promoted cleanliness and sanitation in the community, which reduced infant deaths. And when the Civil War broke out in America, she encouraged mothers from Working Day Working Clubs to care and nurture for soldiers on both sides of the conflict. Julia Howe, inspired by Anna Jarvis and the devastation of the Civil War in 1870s, began what was called Mother's Peace Day groups. She encouraged mothers to play leading roles in abolishing slavery and launched campaigns to protect children and to improve the working conditions of women. You know, these two women are only two in a long line of women, both Christian and non-Christian, who've boldly stood up for human rights and have changed society from the squalor of 200 years ago that was found in our Western cities the vastly improved experiences that we have today. Anna Jarvis' daughter, she had a daughter called Anna, and she lobbied the American government for seven years to have the achievement of her mother and other mothers recognized. And in 1914, President Woodrow Wilson signed an act that marked the second Sunday in May as Mother's Day. In Matthew's Gospel, Jesus says these words, Whoever desires to be great among you, let him be a servant, and whoever desires to be first among you, let him be a slave. Jesus is telling us that greatness is not found in position or power, but in serving others. The word servant that's used here is an interesting word. It's probably better translated as bond servant or bond slave. And that word refers to someone who is devoted to another to the point of total disregarding of all their own interests, will, emotion, and desires, it refers to one who relinquishes all their rights for the benefit of others. In Paul writing in Philippians chapter 2, describes Christ's sacrifice as the action of a bondservant. And you know the verse well. It says, He made himself of no reputation, but took the form of a bondservant and humbled himself upon the cross to die, not for his benefit, but for ours. Paul sets forth Christ as the perfect example of humility, self-renunciation, and how we are to behave one to another. This Christ-like character of Phoebe that the Apostle Paul recognizes and celebrates, it's the Christ-like character of servant leadership in women and in all mothers that we both recognize and celebrate today. Over the next PowerPoint, please. In Herman Hesse's novel, The Journey to the East, uh, he tells a story about a group of travelers that joined a, a timeless religious sect. It's known as the League, and they set out on this mystical journey. And the central character of the story is a servant called Leo. And though he's involved in menial chores for the expedition, his extraordinary enthusiastic presence is able to sustain the spirit of his fellow travelers. And he's described in the book as a happy and pleasant, handsome and beloved man 
But to a discerning reader, when you read it, there's something a great deal more about this simple servant. The travelers are making great progress until they travel through a deep, dark gorge. And as they're going through it, Leo suddenly disappears. And this causes the whole group to fall into to disarray. Anxieties and arguments break out. And, and soon the, the trip is abandoned. Well, several years later, one of the stories, the narrator of the story, is visited by Leo. And he learns that this simple servant is actually the president of the league that they joined. And of course, the underlining truth contained in the story was if the travelers had themselves embraced the role of servant leadership, their journey would not have fallen into disarray. And they would have achieved their mission. See, once servant leadership is removed from the church, the church's mission begins to fall apart. Meaning and direction get lost in their power struggle of who's the greatest. Restore servant leadership and the church marches on to victory. Over the next PowerPoint, please. To emphasize the importance of servant leadership amongst women in the church, Paul in Romans chapter 16 verse 6 mentions Mary. We know nothing of this lady, only that Paul commends her. He says, who labored much amongst us. And I was interested to look up the word labor here. And in the Greek, it actually means laboring to the point of exhaustion. And it's the same word that Paul used when he wrote to the Thessalonians. And he spoke about himself and Timothy, how that they labored there too. And it's the same word that's used. In other words, he put the servant leadership role of the women on the same par as, he owned, as his own as the servant leadership. You know, though we know little of this woman, Mary, like Phoebe, we don't know if she was married, if she was a widow, if she was a single mother, whatever. But we do know of her servant leadership in the church. Paul says that she labored much amongst us, meaning she directed her energy, her talents, and a variety of activities to the body of Christ. She spontaneously and ungrudgingly Extended a strength and energy to minister to others for the glory of God. Paul clearly recognizes that servant leadership of women have helped keep the church on track. Come to the next PowerPoint, please. Just as Anna Jarvis saw how important it was to have uh, uh, her mother's legacy kept alive, and Julia Howell and others believed in the outstanding role of women is conducted, supported, and celebrated, and lobbied until it was recognized as a national day. So Paul insists on the recognition, support for the outstanding role that women do in the church. It's seen in verse chapter 16 and verse 2 of Rome, uh, Romans. He instructs the church in Rome. And when he tells them that they are to do two things. First, he says that they are to receive Phoebe in the Lord as a, in, in, in the Lord in a manner worthy of the saints. And that is, the church is not to reject her or treat her as an outsider, but to welcome her. Not only to welcome her, but to recognize her achievements and contribution to the church. Actually, the word welcome that's used here actually means to welcome someone with open arms. It means to welcome someone with an open heart and mind. It's a, the word that's used to, to greet a great teacher or an honored guest. During the Second World War, a fellow called James Dritz 
produced many paintings of airplanes and their crews. They're so realistic, they almost look like a photograph. And they hang in many museums in America, but one painting he's done is called Unsung. It depicts a crew of four mechanics who are working on a dive bomber. They're far below the flight deck somewhere in the South Pacific during the Second World War. Their, pay, their faces are pale, they're grease-stained, they're working tirelessly for one thing, to get that plane back into battle. Paul, by his words in this chapter, begins to paint a beautiful picture of the unsung heroes of, of the church. By his words, he elevates and lifts the ministry of women in the church to its proper place. He tells the church at Rome to receive Phoebe as she is worthy of the saints, meaning that she is equal. Can I have the next PowerPoint, please? Secondly, the church of Rome is to assist Phoebe in whatever business she has. And the word assist that's used here in the Greek, it means to take your place beside another. Think of it like this. Have you ever tried to carry a large roll of carpet? You pick up one end and it bends in there. You pick up the back and it bends. You pick up the middle and it bends both ways. But if you lay the carpet out long and you stand in one side and a friend comes the other side and stands a little way in and you pick up the word and uh, the, pick up the, the carpet and you carry it through, this is the word that's used here. In other words, the people in the church were to assist Phoebe to carry her legacy. Paul says this word, Make her cause your cause. Paul challenges the church to stand with her to take up their responsibility of carrying the burden that Christ has entrusted to this woman, Phoebe. You know, once in a horse pulling contest, one single horse pulled 2,000 kilograms. The horse then was teamed with a weaker horse and it didn't pull 2,500 kilograms or 3,000, but it pulled 6,000 kilograms. What made the difference? It's called a principle of synergy. Solomon, one of the greatest men that ever lived, he wrote, uh, he talked about the critical importance of companionship in life. He said, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. When one falls during difficult times, the companion will provide comfort and support. See, synergy multiplies the ability of the participants. In synergy, the sum of the whole is much greater than the sum of the individual. There's a synergenic effort in unity. It's called the power of agreement. What's true in the natural is true in the spiritual. Jesus said in Matthew's gospel, if two or three agree on earth concerning anything they ask, it will be done by my Father in heaven. See, Jesus is building on what Solomon already said, that we are to build upon one another's strengths. We're to compensate for one another's weaknesses. When one faith fails, we are to support and strengthen them by our companionship. The original word in Greek actually means to be in one accord. For you musicians, it means a perfect strain of music that plays perfectly. The power of agreement amongst believers, we might say, produces a legacy of outstanding value and beauty. The word synergy is used by Paul 13 times, and it's often translated as the word fellow workers. This is how Paul describes his ministry with Priscilla and Aquila in verse 4. He refers to them as companions, colleagues, co-workers, fellow laborers, team players. Priscilla and Aquila were fellow workers with him. Paul also characterized Phoebe as having the same synergy. 
the same self-sacrifice as a fellow worker of the gospel. She was not passive, but proactive in serving the kingdom. Paul describes Phoebe not as a competitor, but a companion. Competition in, in the, the world of business is good, and it's good in athletics. But however, it's very destructive in the church. Paul saw his fellow believers as companions, not as competitors. All Christians, men and women, are members of God's family and serve Jesus Christ as co-workers on the greatest enterprise of all, taking the gospel into the world. You know, Mother's Day is not only day when the church recognizes and celebrates the achievements of women. It's a day when the church says to women everywhere, your cause is our cause. Your challenge is our challenge. You don't stand alone. We are here to assist you, to pick up the burden entrusted to you. Cover the next PowerPoint, please. Why is the church to help Phoebe? It's because she's helped many others, including Paul. Paul describes her as a helper. And it's a title of great honor. It means a great deal. In fact, the original translation is better translated, not as helper, but you could use the word guardian. You could use the word uh, patroness, benefactor, or protector. Today, as in the ancient world, when we talk of someone who's a patron or a benefactor, we are speaking of someone that supports the arts or someone who supports a religious or non-profit organization or someone who supports a community project. According to Bible scholars, the word helper suggests even more. It's probably better translated as patron or patroness and it singles out one with power, wealth and influence refers to one who is a patroness of the unprotected, the despised, the one who's come to the aid and fought the battles of the oppressed. The word helper in the Greek describes Phoebe as one who had personal courage to use her influence to live out a newfound faith and actions that shielded, protected, and championed the cause of sufferers. You know, such people like Phoebe do three things. First, they give her their substance in the well. Phoebe unselfishly dedicated all she had to the Lord and used it to be a blessing in the church. She placed the needs of others above others. Secondly, Phoebe, like people, give of their time. Paul says that Phoebe was a blessing both to him and to many others. Ministry like that takes time. She's willing to spend it on behalf of others for the glory of God. Phoebe gave of her tenderness. She put her love and care for the oppressed and unprivileged to work. She championed their cause, spoke out for them when others failed to do. You know, when you stop and think about it, Phoebe's a beautiful example or description of what mothers do all the time. She's also a beautiful description of what women have done and will continue to do as patronesses, benefactors, and protectors of the weak and oppressed. Come to the next PowerPoint, please. What I notice about women and mothers and the achievements of them, like Phoebe, is that they've done more than just read the story of the Good Samaritan to, to our children. They've gone out of their way to live the story. In our homes, in our schools, in our communities, in every corner of society. What I love about the story of the Good Samaritan is that he didn't have to stop and care for the travelers. He didn't, who was beaten and left and dead. He could have gone on his way like the Levites and the the priests, but he didn't. The Good Samaritan uh, didn't have to pay the innkeeper in advance for the care of the traveler and promised to cover that expense. 
the good Samaritan didn't have to care for the traveler, but he did. He didn't have to be his benefactor, but he did. Yeah, mothers and women don't have to do what they do for the family and society, but they do. Mothers and women don't have to take time to minister tenderness. They don't have to use their influence and, and the resources to care for others, but thank God they do. Women have often gone unrecognized for achievements and contributions, and sadly it's true in the church. Today, on this Mother's Day, ladies, those that are mothers and those that aren't, the church, the body of Christ, both celebrate and recognize your outstanding achievements and contributions. First to the family, then to society, then to the body of Christ. Come to the final PowerPoint, please. No doubt you've heard the phrase many times, give credit where credit is due. It means to acknowledge. Acknowledgement should be given for achievements of people who deserve it. It sounds pretty obvious, but it doesn't always happen, does it? The Hollywood musicals were very popular in the 1950s and 60s. And three actresses, particular Audrey Hepburn, Natalie Wood and Deborah Carr, thrilled their viewers with their compelling performance. But a huge part of the appeal of these actresses was their breathtaking singing that enhanced their acting. In fact, the, classical, the, the success of the classical music uh, musicals was largely due to a lady called Mari Nixon who dubbed their voices so that each of these lady, leading ladies, uh, uh, would, their voices would be synchronized with a movie. And for many, many years, in fact, nearly 70 years, she went unrecognized for her, her contribution to this. Without the skills of Mari Nixon, the great actresses, their voices would not have synced with their lips and their movies would have been a flop. You know, unlike the great Hollywood actress of the past, Paul quickly and publicly and sincerely gives credit where credit's due. He willingly acknowledges the amazing contribution of the work of women like Phoebe who've partnered with him in the ministry. Without their partnership, the growth of the church at that time would have been greatly different. Paul's ministry himself would have been greatly different. You know, Phoebe's name meant radiant, radiant and bright. Ladies, your radiant and bright example of Christ-like servant leadership. Your companionship has brought a synergy, brought a dynamic power of God that's kept the church on course. It's changed history. It's nurtured families. Today, we honor you. The writer of Proverbs says this in Proverbs 31, 28. He says, Her children rise and call her blessed. In the Hebrew, it means to affectionately celebrate and praise her for she has rightly won the blessing of the Lord upon her life. Ladies, today we call you blessed. We rise and thank you. And there's a blessing goes in Psalm, in Numbers chapter 26, verse 24. It says these words. And ladies, this is for you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Thank you, ladies, for all that you've done. May God bless you on this wonderful day. Thanks for listening to this week's message. We pray it challenged and encouraged you to keep growing in your walk with God. For more information or to find out what is happening at Reality, head to our website at realitychurch.com.au or find us on Facebook. Facebook.